I am Stacey Wells, a youth sports advocate with experience in various facets of sports. I've gained valuable insights from coaching, being a team mom, starting a club, managing multiple facilities, to overseeing the construction of a multi-million dollar sports complex. Currently, I assist individuals and organizations in creating and developing facilities and programs to help them achieve their dreams while making sure that we continue to provide opportunities for our youth to get involved and stay involved in their sports dreams. In this podcast, I will share some of the tips and tricks I have learned throughout my entire journey. Hello, I am so excited about this podcast episode. Um, I recently made a post on LinkedIn. It got some traction on it, and through it, I was able to meet this individual. His name is Mark Kester, and he has written the book on NIL for All, and he goes through the ins and outs of NIL in this book. It's a super easy read. I highly recommend it, but I was able to sit down with him this week and have an interview, so... So hopefully you'll get something out of it like I did. Well, thank you, Mark, so much for joining me today. I, the the way we got connected, it was kind of funny. On I had made a scheduled post on LinkedIn about NIL, but you had actually reached out before that post ever even, you know, went live. And, you know, that post was I had taken um, – an article that I had found in the USA Today from June 2023 and posted on and made it made it into a map so that it was easier to understand and visually see about all of the high schools that are allowing NIL in in their associations. And there were at the time there were 23 and that has definitely that has definitely changed from all of the response I was getting from my post, as well as some of the additional research that I've done. So I know that um, you have better numbers for that. What are those numbers now? I believe currently, as we sit here in February of 2024, the number is 34 states, including the District of Columbia. So, you know, well over half. Um, I don't think there's any question we're going to go to all 50 states. Part of the problem is of the 34, I think there's 30 different policies. So there's no consensus. Some allow unlimited NIL, some have a cap on it. Some allow the student athletes to wear their high school uniforms in promotional videos and content. Some do not. Um, The penalties are different. I think just last week, North Carolina, the state of North Carolina permitted NIL in private schools, not in public schools. So that's, you know, part of the problem is the compliance issue is all over the board, but I believe the number is roughly 34 states, including the district of Columbia. And so some of my listeners might be thinking, well, who is this person? Um, you have actually written a book NIL for all a 30 minute guide to NIL. I did read it. It was a great book, great introduction to what exactly NIL is. Some of the factors that you need to be looking at if you're a parent or a player. Um, so tell me how you got involved and got started for this process. Yeah, well, I guess I'll start at the end and that is that I'm trying to empower athletes. You know, we have two principles of our business. The first is how do you use athletics to better your life? And I think those of us that were able to, you know, gain uh, opportunities in college, athletically and academically successfully navigated that. Then the second principle is more of an adult mindset. And that is, How do you use athletics to better the lives of the people around you? 
And I, rec- uh, I created the Players NIL to do just that. I think we can use this platform to change people's lives. And we could talk more about that down the road. But my background is that of a high school athlete. My father was a junior high gym teacher, not a sophisticated, you know, accomplished administrator, not a local businessman. Yet he used athletics to better my life and gave me opportunities. And then um, I became a college athlete. I was not a Division One athlete. I was a Division Two football player, but played all four years, best friends of my life, all those great experiences that college athletes get to enjoy. Still talk to my buddies every week, and it's been many years since we last strapped them up. And uh, we have a saying that, you know, on, in, in my day, it was pre-artificial uh, turf, but we say, hands in the dirt, brothers for life. And uh, it's really true. And so, you know, I navigated my adult life as a parent, five children, four college athletes. I have national champions. I have world champions. I have kids that have competed around the world. So I really understand the transition from athlete to parent. Mm -hmm. All this time I was working in the community service, building youth community programs. 2008, I got an opportunity to marry my passion and my experience. I moved to Los Angeles, California and became the president and CEO of a company called Sports Studio. And that really is the foundation for the players NIL. In that job, we produced all of the sports content in Hollywood. So TV shows, movies, commercials, feature films, photo shoots, anything that you see on TV that's branded with the NFL, NBA, MLB, it came from our production offices. We produced the sports part of it. So in that experience, athletes, brands, sponsorship, agents, production companies, uh, social media grew tremendously during that period of time influencer marketing grew and that really was the foundation and when nil was approved i looked at the opportunity and i thought to myself it was much the same that i had seen in hollywood and that is adults taking advantage of uneducated young people in this case athletes Mm -hmm. and i thought that there was something more i could do and that my legacy would be based on using athletics to better the lives of the people around us and that's why we teach a life skills course on the nil platform no, I think it's great. We have similar backgrounds. Um, I We have four children. Two of them went on to play collegiately. And my husband is also a collegiate football player that turned into a coach and has coached on the um, college and in high school level for now 30 years. And um, I have ran youth sports facilities. I've coached and ran youth sports facilities as well. And that you mentioned that last thing, the life skills and, you know, youth sports as a whole teaches so many life skills, but even bigger than that is just belonging to something that's bigger than themselves. And then you mentioned the friendship. I mean, one of his college roommates is our veterinarian and we, we see him regularly, you know, so they still keep in touch as well. And those are lifelong, it's family and and that's really what it becomes. And so I think my biggest worry on the NIL sector is everything trickles down. So you've got the NCAA that has taken this in, um, in 20 and 20. 2021, I believe that that's when they had passed the NIL opportunity. And I I understand it. I, I just think that it's a, it's the wild, wild west when it comes to rules and regulations. And I don't even know how you begin to reel that in and, and regulate that. But, you know, and now, as we discussed, it's on to the high school level. And 
again, everything trickles down. So I fear that, you know, your eight-year-olds, your 12-year-olds are going to be starting to get opportunities for NIL. And I'm just not sure that they or their parents are um, prepared for that. And, you know, we, on that same LinkedIn post that I had made, uh, somebody had actually commented that their eight-year-old did get an NIL deal. And again, I'm not a hundred percent against it. I just, I just want to know how you're going to regulate that. And so I had asked that person and they have since um, deleted their um, comments. So I'm not sure how they, you know, if that was a real comment or if it was just to see if they could get a rile out of somebody or what the situation was. But um, I, I'm, I am very concerned at what this does for our young people. So in your book, you talk about branding and, and how important that is. And I think for many of us, you know, we often think of branding as a business. You know, your corporation or your company has goes through a branding and they've got the master brand guidelines. But how important is that for our youth to start implementing their own personal branding? Yeah, well, let's break down the, the definition of brand, right? And it's, you know, it's, it's really pretty simple. It's how other people perceive you, right? When you look at the Coca-Cola logo, when you look at the Nike logo, the Gatorade logo, the IBM logo, um, this farmer's insurance logo, something triggers, right? Some relationship with the brand, some experience with the brand, some spokesperson for the brand. So I, I teach athletes about that very concept. When you walk in a room, how do people feel about you? You know, is it just you, the student athlete, the softball player, the volleyball player, the basketball player, the football player, or is it you, the community service representative? Is it you, the academic leader? Is it you, the leader, the captain of your team and leading their, their team to do good in the community? Um, is it just wins and losses? And so brand is really what people, how people perceive you. And I want to go back to what you just, you know, talked about a little bit about the, uh, the hesitancy around NIL. And I want to make a very clear distinction. At the college level today, which was authorized in July of 2021, just to confirm, uh, we have a sensationalized news storyline. And that is all athletes are making millions of dollars for doing nothing. And nothing could be further from the truth. First of all, it's very few athletes. There's actually a study out today where they um, interviewed 50 top high school football players at an All-American game in December. And they did an anonymous survey about how much money it really is. So if you think about this group, it's the elite of the elite. It's only 50. And there was only a handful that are in the million-dollar category. Several are in several hundred thousand for sure. But the average NIL deal in the first two years was $1,300. Okay, The median was $65. So not everybody's getting a million dollars. So let's mm -hmm. take that group and be generous and call it the 2% group. And they're not getting paid for NIL. They're getting paid to win football games and basketball games and volleyball games. They're getting paid to run fast and jump high. So let's separate pay for play plus the transfer portal, right? right. That is not NIL. That is pay for play and the transfer portal colliding and creating this free agency. All right. So let's put the 2% in a box and put it away. Let's talk about the 98% the mid-major football players, the D2, the D3, the non-revenue sports, Olympic sports, those athletes that aren't being paid by collectives and alumni organizations. 
they have to actually create real NIL opportunities. Almost 80% of NIL in the first two years was based on social media. So with that said, brand becomes very important because if you have 100 followers and I have 1,000 followers, I'm more attractive to the brand. So what we teach is how do you go from 100 followers to 1,000 followers and storytelling. So I want to make the distinction of the 2% versus the 98%. To address the high school issue, there's no question that you know it's risky. And eight years old, I hope that's not true, but I think it's extremely young. And honestly, it creeps me out a little bit. It seems like predatory advisors. But um, let's talk about you know high school athletes in general in our lifetime. You're a mom of four athletes, two college athletes. Your husband was a college athlete. Think about what we've seen in our generational change. Specialization, special sports coaches, pitching coaches, quarterback coaches, strength and conditioning, mental health, fitness, right? ACT, SAT coaching, right? We've become so specialized and so focused on this. Mm-hmm. AAU sports, travel team, sports-specific camps. So this migration from professional sports to college sports to high school sports has been going on for a long time. This is just the next topic. And if managed properly, it can create opportunities just like all those previous issues. But, and I guess that's where my, you, you, those keywords managed properly, you know, cause already even some of the high school associations that technically <laughs> don't allow NIL, there's loopholes. And you've got boosters and donors that are already feeding um, high school kids money, even when it's not legal, you know, and then you've got academies that are popping up or um, private schools and the um, like a homeschool situation that might not be members of the association, but they're affiliates. So they can play within the association, but they don't have to follow the same rules and guidelines. So, and again, those academies are kind of what you're saying in the specialization because they're now playing whatever sport they want all year long. And I just, I just, how in the world, you know, you, you talk about in your book, so many good points and um, you talk about the community give back portion of that. And, you know, Becoming a philanthropist, you know, being able to give back. There's so many ways that these kids, whether they're in college and gosh forbid, some of the high school kids, that they're able to open up a company, an LLC or some nonprofit that they can start being able to give back and touch on that a little bit on how that can affect them as an individual. Yeah, again, you know, this has been this proliferation of sports and specialization has been going on for a while. If you watch the documentary Shoe God, look at how Nike infiltrated the AAU high school basketball circuit, right? So specialization, travel teams, swag, perhaps under the counter, under the table payments, certainly influence as to what college programs has been going on. So there's always going to be pitfalls. The best way to manage it is education, okay? Remember what we talked about brand. It's how you're perceived. Remember the example we used of 100 followers versus 1,000 followers. We use community service and philanthropy as one of our pillars because, number one, it's the right thing to do. But here's the thing that I think we have to be honest about. Fan is short for fanatic, right? And even a high school athlete that is all conference, all league, all state, all American, whatever it may be, he or she, 
that goes to college, they are a celebrated personality in their hometown, right? They've been written up in the newspaper, perhaps interviewed on the local television, certainly honored with awards at banquets, perhaps end of the year academic and athletic awards. They're well known. Why not give back to the community through, you don't have to own a charity or build a philanthropy uh, program, but you can donate your time, right? You can work at the Turkey Trot on Thanksgiving. You can give to the soup kitchen, homeless kitchen, fight for cancer or a cause that's near and dear to you. And that helps you grow your hundred followers to a thousand followers in that model that we're talking about. Besides the fact, one of the things that we've learned in the first two years is a positive result of real NIL, healthy NIL, is the mental health aspect, right? How do we build a foundation that goes beyond sports? Because I have personally witnessed so many athletes that when their career is over, they forget who they were. They don't have anything other than running fast and jumping high, and they fall off the cliff. Mm -hmm. And so having a foundation, having a solid self-image, a personal value statement, that helps when that athletic career is over. And so community service and philanthropy is, uh, was created in honor of my father, who was a great community servant. And I saw how he changed people's lives. And I really feel it's something that uh, athletes need to consider. And it's a great way to give back. And I think we owe it to pay forward. Yeah, you mentioned the pillars. Um, and in your book, you kind of talk about, you touch on the pillars as well. How can how can parents or players that are looking at NFL or think or NIL and think there's even an opportunity for their, their player to get NIL, how, how can we better reach them so that they know what they're looking at? Well, that's why I wrote the book because after a year of uh, online education in this space, I realized that I had missed the mark. I thought that the average athletic parent and athlete understood what NIL was. And I realized that not a lot of people do. I found myself sitting in a hotel lobby, talking to someone on an airplane, having dinner at a restaurant, meeting someone for the first time, how few people understood what name, image, and likeness really is, aka NIL. And so I wrote the book NIL for All to try and make it two words, relatable and attainable. And what I mean by that is, your athlete may not be the quarterback at Alabama or Texas. Your athlete may not be a million-dollar NIL athlete. But if they're a high school athlete trying to get to college or a college athlete, there are NIL opportunities. So relatable is what can we do that you can relate to that makes sense to you. Attainable is what's realistic. You know, is $100,000? Is it $5,000? Is it $200 a month? I had a conversation, follow-up conversation with a dad Yesterday, his daughter is a Division Three soccer player in Northern California. She, they read my book. I gave them our guidance. She went out to a local sushi restaurant and got a $250 a month NIL deal. Right? Okay. Here's the best, here's the best news. is She took that opportunity, and she started talking about her love for sushi, and she grew her following to the point where she now gets paid $500 a month to post once a week on her favorite meal at the sushi restaurant and tag the restaurant and promote the restaurant. And the owner of the local restaurant saw enough uptick in business because of her influence uh -huh. that he has now upped her payments to $500 a month. So that's an attainable number. It's relatable and attainable. And so 
I wrote the book NIL for all to try help educate people. If they want to get started, obviously, I would shamelessly plug my book or reach out to an executive or, excuse me, a, uh, an, an educator in this space with some experience. There's lots of free resources out there, um, but education is the answer to that question. So as, as I mentioned earlier, my apprehension with it is lack of rules and regulations. And, you, you know, you speak of education. How how probable is it that you can see that these high school associations or NCAA start requiring some form of fiscally responsible um, classes or a requirement that they have to um, attend before being able to even receive a dollar of NIL money? So let's put the blame where it belongs. And that's clearly at the doorstep of the NCAA. The NCAA's hand was forced through several legal actions to consider athletes as employees. And in an attempt to avoid employment, unionization, collective bargaining, they opened up the floodgates. Here's what they didn't do, though, is they didn't give us any guidance. They didn't give us any guardrails. They didn't give us any restrictions. And so I don't love the term wild, wild west, but I understand why you used it. And many people do. But clearly, it's a free for all out there. Mm hmm. I actually think the education system needs to be thought about differently. My parents are both educators. I actually have an education degree. Um, you know, there's classes that probably we don't need to take anymore, but there's classes that we should take. Every young person should take financial literacy, whether you're an athlete, musician, a dancer, whether you're going to be a welder or a construction worker. Absolutely. Right? Basic common sense financial literacy should be part of every high school curriculum. I don't care what business you're in. Digital marketing is here to stay. Influencer relations are here to stay. I like to jokingly say that the Kardashians have changed the world, and it's true. Mm -hmm. Influencer marketing, if you're in insurance, healthcare, local business, regional business, grocery store, digital marketing, influencer marketing is here to stay. Athletes are three to five times, have a three to five times greater engagement rate on social media influencer posts than a traditional influence. Remember, fan is short for fanatic. Their fans follow them. So these life skills, no matter what you do, are going to be part of your business career, your successful career. And with that said, we like to say one of our pillar leaders quoted is quoted as saying NIL is not a four-year thing. It's a 40-year thing. And so if you take that long-term view, education is very important. I would like to see every athlete be required to take some basic NIL education course before they can receive NIL dollars. I also would like to see some qualifications required for NIL agents. I think there's a lot of unscrupulous people out there that claim to be agents that have no idea what they're doing and enter into really terrible agreements. So we need to protect these young people through education and guardrails, no question about it. You know, you mentioned the agent situation. You know, my parents didn't know a lot about athletics or sports. I mean, I played and they would go and support, but they didn't know those avenues. And if somebody would have come to me and offered me $500 or $1,000 a month because I was playing a sport, we didn't have a lot of money. That Heck yeah, we would have signed whatever it was not knowing, you know, so how would a parent that maybe has no idea what they're doing even begin to navigate something like that? 
Yeah, so chapter three in our book is uh, legal tax and compliance. And we go over basic contract concepts. Again, we're not going to teach you to be an attorney. It's not a law school degree, but at least give you a background that you can ask questions, right? What is intellectual property? What are lifetime rights? I just read something this morning about somebody that signed away their lifetime rights for $5,000, right? Someone else has signed away, has has received a a six-figure payment from an agency and the agency is going to get 15% of their professional contracts for the rest of their life. Is that a good deal? I don't know, Mm -hmm. but you better understand lifetime rights. You better understand net payment terms. You better understand intellectual property, right? You better understand... You know, what the exit strategy is in a contract. You know, what are the cancellation clauses? Again, the basic concepts in Pillar 3 are tax legal compliance. What are the compliance issues? You know, and it goes different. It's different in every state and every university. And then, of course, taxes. Um, you know, one of the, the, the undersung, unsung problems of this world is kids getting 1099s on their tax returns uh, and not having any taxes withheld from NIL deals. Right. And I mean, case that was going to be my next point is the whole taxes. Some people don't even understand what a 1099 is. You know, you're, you're a contractor. Like you are just hired to do this contracted job. And there is there's no insurance taken out on you. There's no workers comp. There's no taxes paid on your behalf. There's no Social Security paid on your behalf. I mean, you're on your own. And I, I would absolutely hate at the end of a four-year college degree, you end up owing Uncle Sam his portion, and you never even knew. All lack of education on that part. So it, yeah, no, it's a serious, it's a serious problem. You know, I talk about it with people that you know you get a full scholarship in major Division One sports, right? So that's you know room board tuition, you get a stipend. You know, the Alston educational grants, you're allowed up to, I think, $5,900 or $6,000. So you have, you know, very little to no, you know, expenses. Um, you have a little bit of cash flow. Um, and if you take a modest amount, $30,000 a year times four years, $120,000. And if you don't p- have pay your withholding taxes, you're going to graduate in debt. And so, you know, it's a serious concern. Yeah, you... Uh... <laughs> Another one of my huge concerns is, I mean, we look at the NFL and there's a lot of players that after they're done playing, they're bankrupt because they had no idea how to manage their money or family and friends come out of the woodwork to help them spend it. And I think that's a big concern of mine as well is if you've got a high school kid or a college kid that's now getting all of this money, what happens when they graduate? You know, and and now they're not receiving that money. But, you know, you talked about the don't think of it as four years, think of it as 40 years. And I think that that just goes back with the education aspect of it. Yeah, I think the statistics say it's it's a tragedy that these athletes come out of college, maybe not even with their degree in many cases, right, because they left school early or they didn't fully matriculate. They think that life is going to go on forever with this. They think they made a million dollars. They really only took home 500,000, right? That's the first thing, right? right. You know, the, the, the stories about the entourage, the stories about the extravagant spending, the stories about not saving, the stories about, you know, making bad deals with bad brands. You know, it's, it's a problem. I personally have been involved in many of the sessions with the NFL and the education seminars and the branding seminar. And the NFL is trying to do a better job, for instance, 
they're trying to bring in legal consultants, financial consultants, marketing consultants. But, you know, we have to consider the audience. Some of these kids come from, you know, disadvantaged communities. They don't have the family support. They don't have the network. They don't have the peer experience and the positive example role models in their life. Um, you know, thank God athletics can provide that, but you know, some, some, you can lead the horse to water, but sometimes they don't drink, you know, and there's always going to be tragic cases, but we're trying to address those that want to make a difference and can make a difference through education. And I think that this, you know, creates an opportunity. You know, um, recently we've had two bigger name college coaches leave their tenure and, it, rumor has it that one of them was because of the very thing, the transfer portal and NIL opportunities. We're already seeing coaches in the high school level leave on a mass exodus as well. And there's a huge need for them. How, how do you, how much do you see this affecting that aspect and to where our kids might not even have quality coaches to even coach them? Yeah, so I I I I feel it personally because I talk to hundreds and hundreds of people a month, and many of them are coaches at many levels. Um, no question, it's a challenging time. No question that for those coaches that have been used to doing things a certain way for a long period of time, to change is a difficult one. You know, did Nick Saban leave because of NIL? I don't know. Did Jay Wright leave Villanova basketball because of NIL? I don't know. Did Mike Krzyzewski leave Duke basketball because of NIL? I don't know. People can surmise that. People can infer that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's plenty of young coaches that are embracing it, you know, and as lightning rod as he is and as controversial as he may be, Deion Sanders seems to be doing a lot of the good things, taking it, right. embracing it, empowering athletes. If you listen to him, which I do on a regular basis, he says all the right things. Are these kids' lives being changed positively? I'd like to think so. Um, there's young coaches that are figuring it out, but we're in a transition. There's no question that, you know, these pressures are new and different and not everyone's up to, to the change. Yeah. Um, it, it's definitely, definitely a concern. And just, we mentioned in the beginning how much life skills can be learned from sports. And so basically what you're saying is like with education, they can, not only the life skills of the teamwork, goal-oriented, you know, goal-setting and meeting those demands and getting along with um, the social aspect of it, it's also there's some financial literacy that could be involved and it could be another life skill that adds to it, which many of them are Yeah, lacking. no question. Yeah, all five pillars, you know, are life skills, you know, whether it's learn how to, you know, market yourself, learn how to negotiate with businesses. And think about this, if you're an athlete, and you've gone through this and made $250 a month in an NIL program and you're a college athlete, when your resume goes out to uh, find a job, you've already got life skills that that employer potentially views as positive and, and as an advantage over someone that hasn't done that, mm-hmm. right? And so, you know, I think you bring up great questions, Stacey, and I think you represent a large portion of the American landscape about concerns, about the negative aspects to it, about it getting younger. There's no question about it. But here's how I would answer that question for all of your listeners. You can pretend it's not coming, but the wave is coming. And so let's start swimming, right? We can't put our head in the sand. Whether we like it or not, Mm -hmm. the sports landscape is changing. College athletics is going to change forever. 
we can believe it and in it and, and embrace it, or we can ignore it, but then don't cry and complain that your son or daughter was left behind or that, you know, you're not happy with the results when you didn't try to influence it in a positive way. And so, uh, you know, I think that's, that's, that's the message that I try to tell people. I'm not saying that NIL is great for everyone, but I think for those that want to take advantage of it and embrace it, it's an amazing opportunity. We've talked about this, you know, my projection, my prediction is that today's NIL athletes will be the leaders of the world in 20 years because they will have had a head start on everyone else. And I think you've talked about how athletes are, you know, revered in the business world, how Absolutely. large percentage, large right. percentage of ac- ac- executives are athletes that come from an athletic background for all of those intrinsic things. Maybe they were bound to be there anyhow. Athletics just gave them a jump. Mm-hmm. But I think the business skills learned through NIL, this leadership, this entrepreneurial stuff, this how do you manage people, this how do you communicate people. One of the things that I think is missing in today's young people generation is communication because we're on the phone all the time and we're texting. We're not really talking. But if these people embrace this in 20 years, you're going to see an even larger percentage and even a greater achievement level for athletes that used NIL at this time. I I do thank you for taking the time today and meeting with it because I think it's an important topic and definitely, like you said, not one that's going away. And um, so tell them how people can reach out to you and get more educated on this. Great. Thank you. So the company is The Players NIL, theplayersnil.com. We're on all social media platforms at The Players NIL. Uh, for those parents out there that want to get free education and learn, follow me on LinkedIn. You can just look me up, Mark Kester. Uh, I post almost daily about newsworthy things, uh, opinion pieces. There's a lot on LinkedIn about NIL education and the NIL industry, so I strongly recommend that. And I appreciate the opportunity to share with your audience and educate both you and they about what real NIL looks like. Thank you so much for joining me today. I did cut some of our uh, episodes short because he talks about his upcoming book, which I will hopefully get to uh, interview him for that one as well. It's, it's going to be a good one. But for today, the NIL is such a huge topic and it's exciting to see educators out there that are kind of helping lead the way on what exactly it is and how you and your player can navigate through the whole process. Um, Before listening to Mark and meeting with Mark and some of the other people I've met with this week, I was very, for lack of better words, ignorant on the whole subject. And I was only listening to what the media was telling me NIL was about. And I have come to find out that that's not what it's about. So hopefully you took a few nuggets from this piece and you'll tune in for the next episode, which is going to go more on the policies of NIL in the various states on the high school level. So I look forward to seeing you next week. In the meantime, feel free to go onto my website at stacydwells.com where you can find all of my podcast episodes. Thank you and have a great day.